Welcome to Built Right, a podcast by Hatchworks where we help you learn how to build the right digital product the right way. In this season, we're going all in on generative AI with guests ranging from international AI speakers, founders of Gen AI products, experts in specific domains of Gen AI, and leaders across industries. We're here to help you figure out how to take advantage of this new emerging technology so you can win in the market. So whether you're an AI techie or just AI curious, we got you covered. Let's get into it. Welcome, Built Right listeners. I am pumped for this discussion today with special guest Heather Murray, AI trainer, international AI speaker, and AI advisor. She's the leader of AI for non-techies, and she's even building this awesome brand around this movement. And she's helping companies integrate AI into their business, helping them make sense of all of the craziness going on in the world of AI right now. And P.S., make sure you stick around to the end because we're going to get into some of Heather's awesome AI frameworks that you're not going to want to miss. We're going to do those live here on the podcast. But welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we've been chatting back and forth, and this is one episode I've been looking forward to for a, a while. But to get us kicked off, how did you get into the world of AI? There's been so much craziness going on over the past couple of years. What what kind of drove you into this this world of AI? Is this part of your your past life that you've kind of got into, or have you really come into this as of late? Oh, um, well, it's um, first of all, I'm completely non-technical, um, so I don't know the first thing. And I'm not a first mover either, so I don't have the latest iPhones or the latest technology. So it's really strange that I found myself in the middle of this AI world. So um, about two years ago, so I run a, I run a marketing agency, um, and about two years ago, we started to, we found a tool, actually. Um, and we started to use that in our clients' lead generation work. And we thought, well, this is really exciting. It was an AI tool. It wasn't called an AI tool at the, at the time. Yeah. Um, it turns out it used a lot of AI. And that helped us sort of hyper-personalize, so really dig deep into the personalities of prospects. And to cut a long story short, it, it ended up in really, really amazing results. So two years ago is when I started to use AI properly. And I think technically we've all been using AI for our entire lives without yeah. really kind of calling it AI. Um, but within a business context, that happened. And then sort of, Fast forward a year and then ChatGPT came out and I suddenly thought, wow, this is a seriously exciting opportunity. I've been looking for ways to make our agency stand out somehow. And I thought, wow, this we can be the AI first agency, this AI driven and we can offer services around AI and just be, you know, right at, right at the forefront of it if I put in enough effort. And I think you really can learn a lot if you really put in a lot of time. So literally from day one of finding chat gpt i put in three hours a day every single day including christmas day <laughs> um just learning about what is this thing what is this amazing thing and so just testing what chat gpt could do playing around with things learning how to prompt listening to podcasts watching youtubes there's so much i did um and then just playing around just thinking right okay i used to be a copywriter so it's kind of what kind of copy can it can it build what else is out there and then I started to sort of share what I learned along the way. So I always think that's a really good uh, way to to learn anything is to share and to teach what you've just learned because it keeps you on your toes. Um, and then people start to expect a certain level. So yeah, I got into it through just wanting to differentiate um, our agency and starting to see the results. And it just made me incredibly excited. And it's so cool to watch your journey from, you mentioned kind of finding this AI tool that really sparked this for you. So now you're putting out amazing content. Like you, you really are 
kind of an expert in this space. But so much has changed in the past year related to AI, like we're talking about. And there's literally been this explosion of uh, innovation, disruption, questions, all the things. And I'm sure like your story's not unfamiliar. There's a lot of people that are jumping into this new, there's this almost this democratization of AI movement going on. So why do you think that is? And what's, what's the potential of it as it starts to advance very quickly? Yeah, well, I, th- I think first of all, this is, you know, we've had AI since, well, I think it was 1956 was when they coined the term artificial intelligence. So actually it's been around since, for decades. Um, and, you know, the system, the Turing test, even before that in the 50, early mm-hmm. 50s, um, and the first chatbot was 66 as well. So this is nothing new, but what has changed with ChatGPT is our abil- ability to access it. So up until now, you have to be a technical type to to understand how to use AI. It just wasn't user-friendly. ChatGPT created uh, the ability to speak with it like you would a friend um, and just speak conversationally with it and get things back. And that's what changed. And that's why I think so many people are going, oh my God, I don't have to go on a really long course or I don't have to learn a new skill set to be able to use this, all these tools, which we've never really had before. There's usually a much steeper learning curve to pick these things up, particularly things that produce these, you know, building all sorts of things yourself. You know, I can, I can now build a GPT. That is crazy with no technical knowledge. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that we can now ac- access this, I think so- somebody was talking about the, um, you know, creating a billion... Um, developers so we're all becoming developers now yeah it's it's create this um this world of people personalizing and customizing their own businesses in a way that they couldn't do before and they just find that as i say ex- i'll always say the word exciting all the time so I really do find it exciting what we can what we can, we've been so limited before but now we can build anything we want without knowing it, doing all the stuff so how how thrilling is that it's, it's insane. And we, so we were leading a training yesterday with uh, at our company, Hatchworks. It was that same kind of thing. Because so many people, I feel like, in, in this latest movement, they get stuck in ChatGPT of, okay, I got it to write an email for me, or I got it to write a social post. And then it, that's kind of the extent. There, it's, you know, that was cool. But what we were going through was actually having it create code. We, we even got to the point where we were having it act as a data scientist doing a technique called K-means clustering. It was insane. Like this stuff used to take weeks, months to develop in literally matter of seconds, it's spitting out the analysis. So it's it's just insane, this, this advancement. And the craziest part to me is how early on we are in this journey. Like wh- where do you see this, this going? Because I mean, really it's the past couple of years since really ChatGPT was almost that inflection point. How quick do you see this movement moving compared to other transformations? You know, the internet, cloud, mobile. Like, what's what's kind of your your hot take around that? I think it's going to be a, the, the speed. I, I don't know whether it's because I'm not usually, as I'm saying, I'm not an early adopter. Normally, I'm not in that innovative part of the technology adoption curve, so I'm not usually privy to this bit. So, to me, it's moving really, really quickly, and it's you know the. The rate of innovation is absolutely insane. So, you know, you get used to a tool and two weeks later, it's almost un- unrecognizable. And people are taking, look, look at OpenAI with, with ChatGPT. How quickly do they respond to feedback? So 
I don't know whether they just had an amazing version ready and they've been releasing it in in basic levels and going, oh, look, what we've, we've fixed this. They knew it would be a problem in the first place. Maybe they're doing that. I don't know. But I see this up moving faster than any of that. The only problem is, I think like any new, new technology, there's this huge amount of resistance to it as well. And people are scared. They're linking it with the idea of the robots are coming and, you know, everything's going to change and, you know, it may well be. Um and so there's there's a lot of resistance and a lot of anger and a lot of fear around it. So I think that's that's going to slow it down in its integration. I think the P- I speak to a lot of rooms of people and most people are um, cynical or dubious or um, scared. A lot of the, it's all, it all stems from fear, I think, and just thinking, what is this thing and why is it affecting everything we do and what, why is everybody talking about it? I was in a, a, a taxi yesterday and a really you know local radio station that usually plays pop music was talking about AI. And I was really? like, wow, wow, this is, yeah, this is yeah. a very unusual thing. We see it on morning breakfast shows that are usually quite, you know, they're just talking about, you know, generic things, but it's everywhere. So people are starting to go, oh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, I think, very, very quickly if people are willing to accept it and embrace it. Yeah, that's when you know the hype cycle is reaching peak mode right there when you're seeing it permeate everything in our culture but i want to go back to one point you mentioned like there is a lot of fear doubts uncertainty which is like a natural human emotion with anything that happens but you you talk to a lot of people you lead a lot of big trainings like what what is that proportion do you feel is it like a 50 50 thing is it 80 20 like what how do you feel it kind of splits there where people are gung-ho super excited they want to get into it versus like i don't know about this uh kind of that that point you're mentioning there yeah i think i can i can only speak from my bubble so obviously on linkedin there's going to be people following me who have a pot generally a positive sentiment towards it i have a lot of still have a lot of people in my inbox you know getting out getting it all out and and sending me angry messages i had a guy threatening me the other day you know people get really they think I, I, I'm not AI. I'm not even a, it's really strange. I'm not even a totally 100% pro AI person. I just find it very interesting in in some things it can do. I'm not in any way advocating that you use it for everything or that you replace people with it or anything like that. I'm just showing my curiosity. I'm not like everyone should use AI. I'm more like, here's how I'm using it. If anybody else wants to do the same, like, here you go. That's my stance. Um, but and again, there's a skew in the room when I'm training people in AI because they've been, you know, they've all wanted to be there. But I think probably the best representation is corporate training when somebody has decided that a room full of people should be there and I'm speaking to them and that's when you you're get going into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So I'd probably say 30% of people are in the heavily cynical or angry phase. And I think they're, they both fit together. As I say, it both stems from fear of, hang on a second, am I going to lose my job in embracing this am I going to make myself redundant which is you know a really good point they're seeing it and thinking right if if you can do we have a team of five if suddenly AI is going to take away two of those is that one of those people going to be me um so I think there are a lot of people who are maybe coasters who um there's a lot of consultants and I don't mean to become consultants but people that have been providing quite a low level service for a while and they're worried and I think they're those are the people that should be worried. You know, if you're not providing a, a cutting edge, top-notch service that's really insightful and really at the top of its game, then you should be worried because AI can come in and start to kind of mop up that sort of stuff and they're the jobs that might be displaced, I think. Yeah, I always, it's the the repetitive, mundane, 
sometimes boring. Like those are the ones that are the ripest for, you know, taking over. But you mentioned a critical point. We're hitting on some like deeper topics here, but you know, that is a real thing we hear a lot of is AI going to take my job. It's a real concern, right? Because if you start seeing these tools starting to do the, some of the things you do, uh, but what's, what's your view there? Do you feel like it is going to be displacing jobs? Or I've also heard theories where it's going to create completely new jobs and roles we never knew that even existed. It, 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 there's this big, you know, point here where it could, it could change how we work as a society in some ways, if, if it really does continue to advance. But any, any thoughts there just from what you've seen so far, uh, jobs, society, like kind of those deeper meatier topics? Yeah, I, I think it will, um, I think AI amplifies talent. I don't think it replaces it. So I think some people that are getting it wrong, say you're starting a new business and you think, I don't need a copywriter because I'll use AI for it. I don't need someone to build this because I'm going to build it myself using AI. I'm going to get an agent to build it for me. Those people are not not using it in the in the right way. People that say, right, okay, I'm going to use a talented copywriter and I'm going to um, increase their output and potentially the depth of their work using AI. Because that's another big thing, and we're going all over the place here, the way, the way I always am. But a lot of people think AI is a, as a time saver. But actually, for us, it's been a, a service deepener. It's been, look, we're able to provide something better because we can access information that we couldn't before. So it's not actually saving any time, but we're able to to create much better results for from understanding people in a way that we couldn't um, or we didn't have access to before without having a huge budget of a, a team of researchers. Um, so. Yeah, I think it, it's it's really short. I kind of use the analogy of you know um, you you can you can learn to cut your own hair if you watch enough YouTube videos, but there's going to be nothing <laughs> as good as going from an actual hairdresser yeah. <laughs> and yeah. having it done in the salon. So you know you, ta- you might even be get get really good at it yourself. But I feel like there's always going to be that expert thing. I think what it, it, the AI is acting as the YouTube there as well. It, it's helping you get further than you ever could before on your own there's still not going to be, you know, like people are building things, but you guys build stuff that's going to be 10 times, but you're always going to be staying ahead of the curve, whereas AI is always going to be a little bit behind, if that makes sense. Yeah, like in, in our training yesterday, we did kind of a uh, immersive workshop where we were building GPTs. And one of our architects built a GPT that effectively takes in the questions from the client and it builds the architecture, recommends the architecture and provides the diagram. And that allows him to actually do more of the deeper work, right? He's more of the advisor to the AI. I guess the AI is not going to get it right every time. But I, I took some notes. It's the amplifies your business. There was the the point around, uh, it's almost like the YouTube. There were several points that were just really good there that I, that I liked that I had not heard uh, referred to before. But I did see, I don't know if you saw this, the, uh, the, the Tesla robots, I forget what they're calling, but I saw them holding sheets as if, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're folding sheets now. So you wonder the. I don't know if I would let one cut my hair. That may be a little scary with scissors in hand. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I saw somebody say the the biggest test is going to be can they fold a fitted sheet? That'll be the ultimate test. If the robots yeah, have the yeah. correct dexterity, then then we're done. <laughs> I'll get one straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one point you mentioned earlier, it kind of stuck out to me. Uh, I took a note around this. You mentioned you're not an early adopter to this. Mm. 
And I, I would challenge you there. I think you are very much an early adopter in this new wave. Like you mentioned, AI has been around for a very long time. But I think that point stops a lot of people because they do feel like, oh, I'm already behind everything that's going on. Like I'm already too far behind. But whenever I hear that, I'd, I'd say you've never been so close to a starting line of a major transformation than right now. Because you only get a couple of these in your lifetime, right? Uh, I think that's that's the point. I think people feel like they're already too far behind, and you you may be a little behind, but it's it's months, not years, compared to other you know crazy advancements we've we've been through in the past. A hundred percent. I think almost every single call I have around AI starts with, and it's from big enterprise companies to to solopreneurs. They all start with. I'm so behind. I realize I'm so behind everyone else, but we want to do this. But I think the fact that you're on this call now puts you ahead of 99% of people, certainly enterprises. You know, enterprises, are, are the, the bigger the company, the more behind they are. That's what I'm noticing. They haven't even begun the forms to fill in, to see if they could use ChatGPT within the workplace. And that itself would take six months to go through and be authorized. Whereas the little businesses are like, okay, let, this afternoon, shall we check out ChatGPT and see what it can, it can do for us? That's, that's amazing, the power of those those small businesses over the big businesses, which is why I've chosen, I've chosen in particular to work with small businesses because we can do so much more together. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I want to get into that topic now. And after this, we're going to get deep into the tactical, get into some of your frameworks that are really cool. Uh, but you, you mentioned that you work, like you've done, you know, trainings and engagements with very large you know, fortune, what, 10, 100 companies and also the small, you know, SMBs. What, who do you think is going to win in this new age? You know, how, how are the SMBs going to be able to adapt to this technology versus your very large enterprises? Like, what are you starting to notice out in the wild with how, how they're reacting to this technology, how they're starting to engage with it, utilize it? Um, so I'm noticing, as I was saying, that the bigger companies are much further behind. Um, they Bigger companies need to sort out their red tape. Um, they need to be more open to innovation and be able to loosen a, a bit of, of their, loosen their processes in order to stay ahead. So when there, you know, there's big enterprise uh, sasses going for big enterprise companies um, and they're both really, really slow. So what they end up with is something that's six months old and six months old in AI terms is is just dead. You know, the, the technology they use is that it's, it's, you can't be six months behind. You have to, I think they'll have to start embracing and taking risks, um, big, big businesses. Um, they tend to be so risk averse and they'll go through the whole procurement process and I think they're going to have to loosen all of that um, in order to stay ahead. They really are. Um, and then there's small businesses. I think you could just... I mean, I've got, I'll go through that mindset thing um, afterwards, but I've got a framework around it. You can just go straight into it. You can say, right, okay, what data do we have? How are we going to, because that's the best starting point ever is looking at what data you've got. Because, you know, you were saying about um, chat GPT and the likes of that being people start off going, can you write me a post or can you write me a blog? And actually content creation, I believe is, is chat GPT's absolute weak spot. It's so much better at everything everything else and people don't realize there isn't everything else it's not a content creation platform it's a it's a can be a business strategist it could be a, like you say a data analyzer it can build code it can it can 
help you um, drive sort of insight-driven decisions for the first time without having to have a data guy, you know? It's that it's exciting. So starting with your data is really, really important. I think a lot of the small businesses I work with or ask me that question as well. They, they, they say, I'm really behind. How do I start? So I always say, you know, just starting with one thing and just trying to integrate that is a really good place to start. It's where I started and it worked really well. Yeah, I love that. And I think any any small business that feels like this is one of those like David and Goliath moments where you you're empowered with the slingshot, right? That's your that's that's Gen, Gen AI right now. Uh, I've also seen with the big companies, you mentioned the red tape. I see a lot of okay, we got to go get our Gen AI expert, which a lot of those don't really exist yet, right? You're you're head of Gen AI. Yeah, it's a it's a new thing. AI. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've just sorry, I've met so many heads of AI that know nothing. <laughs> They're coming to yeah. me going, I'm head of AI. What is this chat GPT thing? Like, oh my God, you're head of AI at yeah. this multi-billion company. Yeah. I've seen that too. It's because, yeah, it, you know, to your point, AI has been around for a long time, but this whole advancement with transformers, LLMs, empowering things like chat GPT, it's, it's new and emergent. And then I also see, okay, we got to get this big committee around it and we're going to, put our policies around it and they haven't even started testing the thing. So I think your point was amazing. Go, go test some use cases, go do some things with it before you even start to think about policy uh, or, or all the, the negative things that could happen. Cause there is a risk averse nature when you are a large enterprise. I understand that, but it's, it's going to be those that really uh, look to adapt and take risks that are still going to be around, you know, 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, and speak to your people as well, particularly as enterprises. Yeah. We're saying about the, that thirty percent maybe of people that are really scared. In an enterprise, that's probably higher because there's a lot more, a lot more people. And in an enterprise, you can kind of hide. If you're not, I always think, you know, in a business, it's laid bare. You, if you're not good at your job, it's really obvious. But I've worked in massive companies, and there's plenty of people hiding in teams that are, have got away with doing very little for a really long time, and it's just not spotted and that's going to really affect people. And so I think chatting, talking to your employees um, and just saying, look, how are you all feeling about AI? Do you know what it is? You know, we're, we're all seeing it. So there's a couple of us, I did a, a motivational talk for an aerospace company recently, and they were, they were really forward thinking, a European uh, big company. And they just wanted me to talk to their employees. There's like 300 employees on the call and just say, oh, this is what AI actually is. Um, this is what ChatGPT is. This is what it looks like. It's nothing to be scared of. And these are some of the things you can do with it. And nothing practical, just purely an introduction to it. And that went down really well. And then off the back of that, there was groups of people that then wanted to do prompt engineering, more, you know, sort of introductions to prompt engineering. So you know, maybe 30 people out of that 300 were like, oh, let's maybe have a little look. So I think enterprises should be starting with that, yeah, that introductory piece and just say, we're not ignoring this. Let's all talk about what it actually is. I think if you can do that, you're going to be, that's the way for enterprises to start. Definitely. And in a smaller way, small businesses as well. Yeah, totally agree. All right. So now let's get into the tactical, more fun uh, pieces here. So there's two different things, the AI maturity matrix and the optimization mindset. And we're actually going to pull these up on the screen and Heather's going to talk through it. So for anybody listening just on audio of the podcast, we will be very descriptive and walk walk through these things. Uh, but yeah, but which one makes the most sense to, to start with here, Heather? I think starting with the AI maturity matrix here. Um, so I will try to be descriptive as well. If I'm not, you'll have to pull me up. <laughs> so this is a matrix. It's, it's 
designed as just a starting point, really, um, to look at where am I? And that's so what you know what businesses are saying. I'm really behind, but this actually helps you understand: Are you really that far behind? And which areas you need to work on? So I've split it down the side into um, the, the four things I think are really, really important. And we've covered quite a lot of this today already in what we've been speaking about. But data. So what data do you have already and what state is that data in? So you want to be making insight-driven decisions. You're going to need those insights to start off with. Um, technology. So how how into technology are you? You know, what 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 are you looking at when it comes to these AI tools and what, what facilities do you have? People, which we've just spoken about, how are they feeling about things? You know, how aware are they? Um, is there any interest? And then process as well. So what have, you know, what processes have you sort have you sorted out? You know, do you have that AI task force? Do you have a way to um, test tools out properly? So we, for example, have a little just a Google Sheet. It's always an MVP version, um, a, a Google Sheet, and we just have um, ditch trial or later. So we try something out. Looks like it might be promising in six months. Again, like AI, AI terms, huge amount of time. We'll look at it later. If it looks like it's not very good and it's not being well thought out, we'll ditch it. Um, and if we love it, we'll trial it. And it's, we just end up with this list. And I think that it's just something as simple as that is a really good place to start process-wise. Um, so along the top, so it's a it's a matrix, of, it's a grid. So we've got data technology, people, and process down the side. And then along the top, we've got the different levels. Um, so that level of awareness, which is where you, you start off. Um, you go through into exploration preparation, implementation, and then finally optimization when you have got organs firing and you are really ready for AI. Um, so it'll really mature in the world of AI. So, um, you know, for data, um, with the awareness, so at one side, if you're not very, not very into your data, you might have limited data collection, which I think is a lot of people. So you have, you know, you've got your social data, you've got your website data, you've got data all over the place. But if you do look at it, it's manual. So you'll pop onto LinkedIn and have a look at how you post to do, for example, something a lot of small businesses do. On the other side of things, you've got continuous data analysis and you've got ongoing refinements and it's all structured and clean and beautiful. And you might have a data warehouse and everything's looking fantastic. Um, for technology, on one side, on the on the far left, we've got you've got very basic IT, but then on the other extreme, if you're really into it, optimization. You've got regular updates with your technology and you're scaling your AI. You're not only using it, you're, you're really scaling the use of it. Um, for people, um, on one side, you've got limited AI awareness. So we just spoke about having those introductory chats with people. What actually is AI? Because I did a, 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 a event this this week, a couple, of, a couple of days ago in London, and a lot of people just don't actually know what AI is. They think AI is robots. Is it, or what, what is actually AI? What And what does ChatGPT mean and all that sort of stuff? Um, and then on the other side of that, you've got a culture of learning and AI adaptation. So you've got this, everybody's really embracing the kind of knowing, and that's it, it's not ever having learned it because it's constantly changing. It's that culture of learning and then adapting AI for your own needs, that customizing it. And then last one, we've got process. So everything's very manual. You're not making decisions based on data, which is a lot of small businesses. They go, ah, I'm going to decide to do this and why? Oh, we just have a feel for it. Our competitors are doing it. Um, on the other side, you know, optimization in process, you've got continual optimization and all of your AI insights are integrated. So not just your data, you've got your insights from it. It's like the whole of the level. So you just kind of use this as a, a matrix to kind of think, right, where am I on in, in data, in tech, in people and process? And what do I need to be working on? So 
I used it for my own business and thought, actually, you know, my people really, really good, but actually data-wise, we are really not strong. So I think we need to work on harmonizing our data and actually put somebody to work on that so that we can we can get better and kind of become more and more of an optimizer. No, this is great. Such a good kind of foundational roadmap litmus test. And for those listening, it's almost like this matrix heat map. It's like as you move to the right, you're getting hotter and hotter, more dangerous, right? Uh, but no, this is great. And I think the point that's interesting is you're going to be at different parts in your journey related to those things of data, technology, people, process. Uh, and it's great to kind of have an idea of, okay, where do we stand and where do we need to improve? And I love that you have data kind of at the the foundation because you know there's the whole saying that data is the new oil. I don't think that's ever been more true than right now because the, the ability to differentiate, build a moat around something is going to be so much harder. But what is going to be truly unique and differentiating is going to be your data, your IP, things that are unique to your organization, right? A hundred percent. And when you even things like, you know, when we're talking about content creation, if you have data on your yourself, your own data, so how you write. So you, AI can sound like you if you train it with enough data and the data in that case would be really good reports that you've written, like this, you know, your amazing report, an amazing article, or amazing email, an amazing LinkedIn post. You've got enough of those, enough data that's structured nicely feed it into, I'd say, a custom GPT, you're gonna, it's going to start sounding like you, so you're going to get better results. So that's what, you know, data is everything, really. <laughs> There's so much of it that people, you know, I've had pe- I've had, heard people say, I haven't got any data. I'm like, oh, you really, it's everywhere. Oh, you do. Yeah. It's yeah. Hey, there's so many cool tools. I was playing with HeyGen the other day where you kind of upload a video and then you can feed in a script and it creates this AI-generated video of yourself. It's kind of creepy, but you yeah. just start to think about, okay, that that tool is really cool. This one's really cool. But these things are going to start to integrate together, and that's where it's going to be really insane. You know, where, where it starts to really imagine, take off. Well, with Hey Jenny, imagine so the data you're getting on on how you look and how you talk—that's one set. And then you've got you know your your dream prospects. You know, you can delve really deeply into who they are, their pains, their motivations, their objections. Put that those two things together, you've got the most amazing outreach video ever that's just for them and specifically for that person not just for their job title it's incredible so here's here's a crazy idea and i don't think it's possible right now but we should put this on the what is it the later the later list so we should do a hey gen of each of us right hook it up to chat gpt we'll create a gpt of like okay this is this is how matt sounds and what he talks about and here's how heather sounds and then we'll put our two ai agents on a pod together let's just let them talk and see where it goes that would be an yeah, interesting uh, experiment down the road <laughs> yeah that sounds really good and then we put it out there yeah. and see if anybody can tell <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah no i've got so many ideas for things like that but i think actually that's that will happen next the ability for them to automatically talk to each other um and that yeah that'll be that'll be creepy as hell to watch <laughs> you think it, it will, it, but that idea of like I feel like a lot of times we think of humans interacting with AI, like a chat GPT, but what happens when you have these agents and then the agents are interacting with other agents, interacting with other agents, it yeah. creates this whole new level that I, I, I am just now like starting to think about, and it kind of, you kind of go down this rabbit hole of like, what's possible then, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's already there with auto GPT, isn't mm-hmm. it? Those autonomous yeah. agents. 
Um, got and even you know, there's a, a. I always say to people, there's a version called God Mode that you can just play around with. Give it a problem, it comes up with the solution and implements it for you. There's none of this iterative prompt engineering needed. It just sorts it out for you. I want leads. It'll work out how to get leads. You know, it's. I think that's the next step. But that's, I think, a little bit too far from where it's working. <laughs> Yeah, we need we need a little progression to get there. But to your point, it's it's happening. Like the auto GPTs, and anybody that's not familiar with that, go go do a Google or or Chat GPT. Go talk to Chat GPT. It'll give you some details. Uh, all right, so this is awesome. The AI maturity matrix. What about the uh, optimization mindset? Yeah, so that is this next one here. So this is um, as I said before, a lot of small businesses come to me and say, "What? Well, where do I start?" So I built this framework for. Um, and it takes into all, into account all the steps we've we've already spoken about, but in order. So um, it starts off with AI readiness. So have a look at the data. So we've just been talking about data. These kind of the two things work together, but how much data do you have? What types have you got? And what is the quality of that data? How, how relevant is it? Um, how accurate is it? And again, that cleaning and organization is a really is a really good point. Even if you just put everything into one sheet, a Google sheet, we're not talking about working with a data company and spending ten thousand dollars it's something you can just put oh you know you know there are dashboards there's so many things you can use that are really user-friendly everything i do is from a non-technical mindset as i was speaking to other people that aren't technical and they don't want to be technical um and then ai vision so what is your goal for using ai don't use ai for ai's sake you know how what's it going to help you with so a lot of people they want more um, landing page um traffic or they want to improve the quality of that or they want to generate leads, or they want to um, just improve the uh, their brand image, or what I'm always thinking from a marketer, I'm a marketer, but there's so many things it can help you with. Do you want to kind of um, increase the, um, the your staff retention rates um, by making them really happy and giving them access to a GPT that answers all their questions straight away instead of having to wait for you, particularly, or improve your onboarding? There's so many things. So what do you want? What is your goal? for for um using ai what would you like to what how is it going to tie into your business goals then um market scan and testing these two things kind of linking but market scan having a look at what's available to solve your pain so i think that's something that's a little difficult at the moment because there's a few um areas there's a few websites that will help you find ai tools but they're not reviewed so it's a bit of an overload at the moment so you have you can find a thousand tools that will do one thing but Half of them will be dead by now. Um, another another kind of quarter won't work. And then that final quarter, it takes a long time to go through them. So I think there's a real market for sort of verified reviews. I think that would be really useful. Something I wanted to do, but I just, yeah, there's so many other projects on the go. I don't have time. Right. So yep. somebody please do it. And then testing. So rigorous testing of the tools that are available. So when you find them, just try and, you know, use them properly, like push them, push their boundaries, because a lot of these tools are still in beta mode. And they're brand new and they've gone to market really, really quickly. So they have holes. So, you know, these aren't flawless, perfect things yet. And that's, again, something that's quite new for us. We think if a product's out, it is finished and complete. And these often aren't. So properly testing them. Um, and then stakeholders, what we're saying, that change management piece with all of these stakeholders. So not just your employees, but the board, your co-founders, you know, talking to everybody, your suppliers, you know, how do you feel about us using our clients? How are you feeling about AI? You know, if we started to use it, like how the transparency piece is, 
if you're using AI, do you have to disclose it, which is a whole other topic. And then training. So expert training to facilitate that change. So bring in people and, and educate people as you go. It's really important. And deployment. So the, I think the key word here is gradually. So gradually introduce AI into everyday operations. Not everything all at once. Don't just suddenly go, right, we're going to become an AI company. It's amazing. Just go, right, we're going to try this one thing. So for my business, it was using a tool called Sybil, just sits on my calls and records them. Gives us really good transcripts we can then use to create all sorts of different things, content and all sorts. Um, so that gradual deployment. And then, of course, like anything else, a review. So monitoring the impact properly. Reviewing that data, so right back up to the top. Analyzing bias, very, very important because, you know, all of these tools have been trained on data, human data, so therefore, it's inherited human bias. So you need to have a layer uh, that will analyze, um, are we going into a biased way here? Because we're not generating, we're not working in the normal way. We're working in a new way that has a heavy bias. And then always that continuous improvement. So this is the, yeah, just a, a, as I say, very high level framework for people to go, right, okay, so I'll start to work through this and I'll start to actually integrate it into my business. It's great to have this framed up. I'm thinking for us at Hatchworks of like, yeah, okay, we are on the right path. We're hitting some of these these points. Like we've uh, developed our generative-driven development approach, right? So we've basically ingrained Gen AI into everything we do related to design development and testing and deployment. And the other piece that ties into this framework is the training piece. So we're doing a few things here. You know, we have our AI champion. So it's kind of a small group that are already really into it, the evangelist, you know, so they're, they're helping really go deep in learning. They're educating our other hatchers. Uh, and they're really a part of kind of pushing the the momentum along, right? So this this framework's really great. You put this uh, along with the uh, the other one we just reviewed, the the AI maturity matrix, and you have a nice starting point of okay, where do I focus and how do I get started, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And that's and it was just giving something, instead of just saying, oh, this is, it's just giving people something to actually use. And that's what I'm all about. So just being helpful and practical um, and just going, right, here you go, do this and you'll actually get further instead of here's a, and something I see on LinkedIn all the time. And it's just, it really grinds my gears is here's a thousand, a list of a thousand tools. I don't think that's useful to anybody. And again, have you personally gone through all of those? Why are you recommending these tools? Of course they have yeah it drives me drives me crackers <laughs> no they've they've crackered i love that no they've, they've probably done a uh, chat gbt give me a thousand tools popped it into a thing and i and i'm sure all of us everybody listening has probably seen those downloaded them but how many people have actually gone through it because there's too many right? you can't like can't comprehend it right so yeah and it's the most popular content i think people go oh the more the more i have kind of downloaded the more i'm going to understand it but actually the people I far prefer content when they say, here's one tool and here's all the things that I do with it and here's me using it and this is the ROI. That's so much more useful than a thousand tools or I've, I think the numbers just going up. I've seen lists of 5,000 tools or cheat sheets with everything just crammed on and it's not practically useful. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to wrap with this. A couple rapid fire questions. Uh, so I'm going to hit you with a question. First thing that comes to mind. So what Gen AI tool or technology are you most excited about right now? It could be one you use a lot or something that is lesser known. Like which which one kind of is exciting you right now? Um, <laughs> too many, to too many to think. 
Human Linker. Human Linker is most exciting to me. Um, okay, Human Linker. Yeah, it generates sales playbooks um, by um, analyzing. So for high ticket leads, it analyzes content breadcrumbs and comes up with these amazing sales playbooks. That's what I'm most excited about. That's cool. I like that. Okay, who's who's your favorite person to follow in the AI sphere right now? Oh, Isabella Bedoya. Hands down, okay. I think she's amazing. So she is so different to everyone else, but she I've spent time with her and she's a genius. <laughs> like awesome. she's she's brilliant. Um, but she really does build and try everything that she recommends. Um, there's no gloss that she just is super useful and yeah, really good person to speak to. Love that. And where can you find her? LinkedIn, I'm assuming LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, I think LinkedIn. I'm only on LinkedIn myself, so I don't see where everybody else is. I think she's on Twitter as well. Yeah. Nice. And last question. Uh, one, what's one thing you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself before you get started, whether it's before AI or further back into your, your past? What's, what's one thing that you would go back and tell yourself? Um, I think of, of sticking with AI, I think I did what everybody else did and just tried so many tools. I've just got had this shiny thing syndrome. Thought, oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. I never actually properly, properly tested things. I would just try one. I've said, I keep on saying it, but just go with one and you get so much further than if you try and do 10 at a time and try to resist all those brand new tools that you see on the email newsletters, the AI newsletters. You think, oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. Try to just focus on one one problem and one tool to solve it if you can. Yeah, shiny new object syndrome is good advice for, for anything in life, I feel like. All right, so... Awesome, Heather, having you on. Really great discussion. I really enjoyed it. But where where can people find you? Uh, we'll put some of these frameworks in the notes, but where can they go find you, find these frameworks, get engaged with you? I know you do a lot of training uh, and education yeah. as well. Yeah, so the best place to find me is LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time. Um, with all these sorts of frameworks, with just anything I find, new, new interesting tools, I don't do any sponsored posts, so you can trust that the things I'm talking about are just purely from my experience um so yeah LinkedIn and then I'm soon to launch nontechies.ai it's not there yet but it's soon going to be there and that's going to be an affordable accessible membership site that's just going to be full of really interesting stuff so webinars business toolkits mini courses everything and it's all yeah for a flat rate around about $20 a month no, that's perfect fits right into our topic of democratization of AI AI for non-techies everybody can can access this this technology and take advantage of it well awesome heather thank you for being on the podcast my pleasure thank you very much Matt. that's great thanks for listening to built right if you enjoy the show give us a follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and don't forget to leave us a review for more info on built right visit us at hatchworksbuiltright.com as Gen AI reshapes industries, understanding and leveraging its capabilities is no longer an option, it's a necessity. And that's exactly why at Hatchworks, we developed our Gen AI Innovation Workshop. In this workshop, we immerse you into a full day of learning, hands-on ideation, and building. We hit foundational concepts and show you how they relate to your domain. Then we develop actual use cases for your business and your industry. And we even built a custom GPT based on the use cases we define. Check out the link in the show notes or visit hatchworks.com to get started today.